welcome back to The Way of the Bow. Today's episode is a little bit different than past. Instead of exploring a particular individual's journey, we are exploring a particular topic, and that is the recent update of the Outdoor Classification and Handicap Scheme. No matter your skill level in the sport, this episode applies to you and guides you through your own journey within the sport of archery and now the milestones and measurements you can have to really assist your journey and really understand where you are at. So without further ado, let's dive into the exploration of the new update. And on the show, we have Mark Tamlin, who's going to be guiding us through. So let's get to the episode. Welcome to the show, Mark. I am really excited to speak to you today and really explore the new update for the outdoor classification and handicap scheme and to really give archers from every level a real understanding of what the handicap is, what the new classification update also is, and to really give you the opportunity to pass on your advice as someone who not only has been a volunteer helping this update come to be, but someone who is a coach as well and someone who works in the club side of things and tournaments to really pass that knowledge on. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Yeah, lovely. Pleasure to be here. So, Mark, in case any of the listeners are not sure of what handicap is or a classification, first off, in simple terms, what is one? And then also, what is the benefit of knowing what, say, your handicap is and tracking it? So, I think if we start with a handicap, a handicap is basically a way of turning an archery performance into a number just a single number and that number is uh it doesn't care what round you're shooting it doesn't care how many arrows there are obviously our whole sport is about taking a performance and boiling it down to a number you know the score on the bottom of the score sheet at the end of the day is um you know what you scored but we can take those different scores and look at we did some mathematical modeling about the way that the arrows leave the bow and the way that arrows spread um it's been around for a really long time in one form or another um, and various countries uh, at various times in history, pretty much since about the 60s, have taken the existing system from another country, done some more research on it, looked at some more scores, improved the equations behind it, and then kind of iterated onto the next one. And the most recent handicap system is the next evolution of that. So... In a sense, it's a system for nerds. It's a system that goes, well, if I scored this many points on this round, exactly how many points should I score with the same performance on a different round? Um, and it's very, very fine-grained. You know, The calculations now allow you to calculate your handicap down to several decimal places if you really want to be that keen. So it's, it's very much a system for nerds. Um, it works really well, um, but it's not always the most accessible thing to start with. So what the classification system does is it layers on top of that and it says if you're in this range of handicaps here, so your handicap is, for example, somewhere between 55 and 48, then we're going to classify you as this level of archer. And then there are different levels that you can work your way through um, and those are supposed to be more manageable chunks so that you can set more meaningful targets of, of the way that you progress through and that becomes a shorthand uh, the old classification system for a long time has been a shorthand that's used by archers coaches tournament organizers county squad managers whoever to kind of talk about roughly how good is someone although about this sort of level okay okay brilliant i'm with handicap say i've got a handicap of 45 
is then a handicap of 53 better? And we'll obviously speak about calculating it later. But is a bigger number a better measurement of precision or is the smaller number better? There exist systems in different countries that go in opposite directions, just to be really (laughs) confusing. On the the Archery GB system, both the old one and the new one, the smaller your number is, the better you are. Mm. So a handicap of zero, um, I think handicap of zero maps to 700 on a on a compound 50 meter round um but they're actually negative handicaps now because there are people who are too good for that um so we, it's gone gone back the other way um but yeah so the small the tighter your group is the smaller your handicap number I, I really like that and I really like especially for the outdoor season when we're shooting different distances different arrow volumes that measurement of your handicap or measurement of precision I guess means you can compare different rounds and also see if over say the longer distances or or larger arrow volumes that may be you are weaker in certain rounds is is that the case yeah i mean it's important to say that it is an average um it's an average that's taken across all types of different archers all types of different bow styles um most people who would have interacted with the old one would be aware that their indoor handicap and their outdoor handicap often didn't match up that's a problem that we've tried to fix it should be a lot closer than it was now, but there are some archers who are better at indoors and there are some archers that are better at outdoors. You know, if you look at, even if you look at like the history of international competition, you'll find people who won, you know, Michele Frangili won the World Indoor Championships quite a lot of times compared to how many outdoor medals he won and there are archers that go the other way around. So people are going to have different strengths. Um, but yeah, it's it's really useful of going like, oh, so I'm going back onto a longer distance. What sort of thing might I expect here? I, I don't really know how well I'm going to do. Um, or even for those who tend to shoot like multiple distance rounds, um, it gives, like, so if you're shooting, for example, an Albion where you shoot 80 yards, 60 yards, 50 yards, um, there are tools available that you could go, well, if I get about this in total, in theory, how many should I have got at 80? How many should I have got at 60? And how many should I have got at 50 on average? And then that can show me where I did particularly well or particularly poorly and can help to focus areas that you might need to practice. Mm, okay, yeah, I've got it. And what one thing that's just come to mind is, say, when you are shooting longer distances, your bow poundage can have a effect, but also conditions like the wind and the environmental conditions of the tournament of when you're shooting. Is that considered in these handicap and classification scores? Yeah, so it, obviously it has to be done on an average basis. So um, it won't be for a, for a longbow archer, you know, shooting a 35 pound longbow to 70 meters or whatever, that's going to get more spread the further back you go because the atmospherics will make a bigger difference but it can't so it can't be perfect but it takes into account an average of that a lot of it is being statistically modeled based off um actual scores so we look at on the same day in good conditions what did all of the archers shoot at 90 meters what did they shoot 70 meters what they shoot at 50 meters what they shoot at 30 meters and then also looking over a kind of longer period of time what do archers score on outdoor and indoor rounds at the same thing um we've compared this to quite a lot of data Uh, this is more jack's work than mine um so he'll be able to fill you in on more details at some point but that's that's the kind of process to derive something i say it's it's a it's an iteration on top of an iteration on top of an iteration on top of the original system from david lane 
um, which is, you know, what, 50 years old now. Yeah, yeah. So we, we'll speak later on about the update. And not only that, the volunteers like yourself and Jack, who really brought it into fruition. But yeah, really taking a moment to just say how the scores on these new classifications and handicap systems are grounded in data. They're just not plucked out of thin air no they're def- every, every part of this has as much as possible has been data driven um and we we started off trying to be really kind of and i suppose hardcore about that like let's let's take let's get as much data from scores as we can do model that data and then fairly represent where things are I don't know how true it was or not, but there was this suggestion that the original system was designed so that I think it was like Master Bowman with the top 5% or 4% or something like that and Grandmaster Bowman with the top 1%. So, so there was like specifically defined percentages of that represented about where you are. Um, and the data that we were able to gather, we couldn't make the statistics work. Um, it's balancing competition data versus practice data uh, we discussed that even at club level people have a habit of only submitting their good scores mm. um as well as the fact that generally more experienced archers who are out shooting longer distances will shoot probably more practice rounds than those who are starting out will their practice rounds might be of different different lengths so trying to find how to how to average everything was really difficult um that's not to say that we haven't used that data we've certainly looked at that data as a means of seeing approximately where everything is Um, but there's been a lot of conversation a lot of looking at tournament scores where we go like we would expect this tournament to be roughly archers of around this sort of level so let's have a look and see how many people drop out at that and that's competitions all the way from like you know we won't look we looked at some clubs club championships results like decent sized clubs who you know publish their club champs and we can go right how what's the spread at club level what's the spread at like domestic level we looked at world cup legs we go how good are the archers on the international stage um so trying to compare from as many different systems i think that's a really key thing we try to do with the classification system is we wanted it to be a better story for everybody whether you were a beginner archer who's you know just got their first bow and is kind of starting to dip their toe into shooting more than 10 meters you know oh i can just about hit 30 now that's exciting where where does that take you but then also going all the way up to you know our three british number ones at the moment and going like well what do what do they get out of the system and how do we make something that works for them as well and everybody in between yeah yeah brilliant thanks for that mark and I think we've really covered there and really introduced people to what the handicap is and how the new update for the handicap side of things is all in the data side of things. But that's slightly different on the classification side of things as it's not just this new data. There's a few new, say, levels and tiers to it. So first, would you be able to, in case our listeners don't know what the old system was like, can we speak about the update and what's changed and from a personal point of view how excited i am to really have a roadmap now for different levels in the classification scheme so i'm gonna talk specifics here initially about um recurve men it's the largest category chances are most majority of people listening to this are recurve men the same basic principles apply to all of the other categories as well but if we talk about that it gives us i can be specific about numbers so it's a helpful framing point so on the old version recurve men would have had third class second class first class bowman master bowman grandmaster bowman 
of those, the lower four tiers were supposed to represent kind of club to domestic level archers, and then Master Bowman and Grandmaster Bowman were going into a higher level of competition. Um, typically, those would be kind of like national level archers to international level archers. The bottom four levels of the system are administered at club level, the top two are administered at Archery GB. We, want, we looked at that system, um, one of the problems with that, there were a few problems, um, at the bottom end, the, in order to achieve a third class classification, you had to be shooting at least 50 yards or 50 metres, which, as most beginner archers would be able to tell you, is a scarily long way away that early on in your archery journey. Um, and in particular, the scores there, a lot of clubs use um, something called a 252 scheme. So you'd have, you know, you start at 20 yards, then 30 yards, 40 yards, and you'd have a 122 centimetre face, and you shoot 36 arrows, and you have to get at least 252 points. And varyingly different ways of administering the system, but the idea is you tick one off, and then you move back to the next one. In terms of raw skill level, like in terms of raw handicap level, you would have achieved your third class classification shooting 50 yards before you got to your 40 yard 252. So in practice, almost no one was actually doing that. Most people were working their way through a 252 scheme and then eventually encountering classifications somewhere around high second class into first class. So it wasn't working great there. As one of the um, long-standing, not really getting much better anymore, middle-of-the-road-ish semi-competitive archers, uh, I can tell you from personal experience as well as anybody else's that um, first class to Bowman and Bowman to MB were big old jumps. They were already quite a long way apart from each other, um, and it felt really difficult to make progress from one level to the other. Uh, yeah, there's some people who obnoxiously run their way through that really quickly, but there's an awful lot of people who sit in that level, and the distance between one classification and the next one could feel almost insurmountable. And then at the top end, I'm, we're informed by those who've been around even longer than I have, that once upon a time, getting your Grandmaster Bowman scores was how you went to a selection shoot to shoot for GB. Um, the selection scores were now um, a lot higher than the GMB scores, and the standard of international archery is, is wildly different to what it was in the 80s and early 90s. It's a lot, lot higher. So we had this situation where at the bottom end, you kind of wanted to bring it down a bit. In the middle, you wanted it to be finer grained, and at the top, you wanted it to be higher. So that fairly quickly points you towards six levels isn't enough. So the new system has more. And it's kind of to try and solve those problems or to try and uh, address some of those problems at, at all of the levels. Um, for what it's worth, for juniors, the situation was even more narrow where they didn't have the Grandmaster Bowman at the top. So you'd stop at Junior Master Bowman. And even at under 18 level, the difference between Junior Master Bowman and like internationally competitive selection scores was probably about as big on the handicap table as the whole classification system was. So it was, wow. a, it was a really, really big gap in some categories from what you needed to be to be internationally competitive to down the bottom. So it wasn't really providing those like stepping stones to get there anymore. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's great. And just for context, so the first step on the ladder, so to speak, of the classification system is Archer third class. So we now have three levels, which are... The system has nine levels, the new one, and they're split into three groups of three. So you have the Archer tier, you have the Bowman tier, and you have the Master Bowman tier. So the Archer tier is designed to be as accessible as possible, as easy for people to get into at club level. So you start off with your third class and your second class and your first class. 
you can come into the system at any point here. You don't have to start from the beginning. Um, but obviously, if we're talking about the journey of a typical beginner archer, they might start from the beginning. So your third class, you now only have to shoot 30 meters or 30 yards. So it's a lot closer. Um, and the on the old system, it was clubs were supposed to administer it where you could only count scores from sort of formally organized target days or competitions. At archer level, we decided to basically copy what a lot of people were already doing and make that really, really simple. So practice scores count. We don't really mind how many hours of practice you've done beforehand. You know, you're down the, you're down the club, coach comes up and he goes, oh, you're shooting really nicely today. Why don't you write down the next 72 hours at that distance and we'll see what you get. Or, then, or you know, why don't, let me introduce you to a national 30 where you shoot 30 metres and 20 metres. So they can go through and do their first proper round and that that counts towards something. Um, when you step back to Archer 2nd, the distance goes up to 40. And then when you step back to Archer 1st, it goes up to 50. Another big change there is that all of those distances uh, are now gender agnostic at the beginning. So it doesn't matter. The scores are a little bit lower for the women, but the women's scores and the men's scores are for the same rounds. It used to be the men had to shoot 10 metres or 10 yards further all the way through the system. It's now the same up to the top end, and then it diverges further up. Okay. So that's kind of your archer level. In order to tick that off, you've got to shoot a total of 144 arrows or more in rounds, so 12 dozen. Um, you can do that in a number of different ways. Um, one of the ways you could do it would be three uh, Warwicks, which are four dozen rounds. Uh, you can do it as two two Nationals or two 720s, which is six dozen rounds. If you happen to have the time, you can even do it as one whole day of shooting a shooting a metric five or whatever to get your archer. I don't expect many people to do it in that way, but it's it's an option. Um, so it's it's designed to be as kind of flexible as possible. You just need to prove a certain level of repeatability, and then great, well done. You can now set your sights on on the next one. Mm. I think that covers Archer so we're yep. then going to move up to the Bowman tier which is the next level up again that's got a third class, a second class and a first class as you work your way through so the third class you're now up to 60 yards or 60 metres and then the second class would be 80 yards or 70 metres and then for the men only the, third, the first class would be 90 metres or 100 yards the women, they stay at that distance as 90 metres and 100 yards are not required distances in any competition for the women. Um, so there's a couple of other changes. It goes up from 12 dozen to 18 dozen. So it needs a little bit more repeatability. And the standard of event, instead of it being an arbitrary practice score, we now suggest that clubs administer it as something that's a bit more formally organised. Now, it says like any competitive event, I think, is is the wording in the document that isn't supposed to be as scary as it sounds. <laughs> it doesn't mean it needs to be a competition. It certainly doesn't need to be a record competition. As a general guideline, if you've got a clipboard, probably counts. Um, the, there's some specific guidelines in the rules, but ostensibly, if it's an event that was organised beforehand, that more than one person's taking part in, that there's someone that's going to verify your line cutters for you, you know, you, you could stick a hand in the air and shout judge, even if it's not an actual judge, um, and potentially, like, someone's someone publishes some scores afterwards, 
if most of those criteria are being met, it would absolutely count. So your club championships would count, a target day on a weekend would count, a friendly match with another club would count, um, a student archery like um, you know league leg that that would count. It doesn't need to be like full formal record status competition with like you know all of the paraphernalia and timers and stuff that goes with that. Um, so it's just it's just making sure that the we're doing things in a slightly more formal way at that level. In practice, most archers who compete at who are performing at that level will probably do a few events a year anyway, um, yeah. it, even if it's just within their clubs. And I just want to add, Mark, um, just for the listeners, anything we mention throughout this episode, whether it is, say, the calculators, the handicap tables, anything mentioned will be linked to in the description. Um, as we know, there is a lot to take in and understand, so there are resources out there for you. But we'd also recommend that you speak to your records officer at your club and really engage with the club on this as the first um, awards, as you mentioned, are administered by the club. Absolutely. And, and I think this is part of the idea that it's this is part of the progression idea of the system here we didn't want to leave all of that tier at just pure practice scores as well because when you get up to the next tier it requires and always has done require record status uk or world record status competition to go from i've only ever shot scores on my own on the field down by myself you know just with my mate and then straight into record status competition with no stepping stones in between is is a big it's a big jump um, so this is supposed to kind of help to provide some stepping stones of a little bit more formality through the process. Mm. So the next stepping stone is then the Master Bowman tier. And as you mentioned then, it's only scores that are shot at UK or world record status um, events, competitions. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so we then have our Master Bowman tier towards the top end. Again, that's got three levels in it. They've got fancier names, but ostensibly it's kind of Master Bowman, third, second, first. They're Master Bowman, Grand Master Bowman, and Elite Master Bowman, which is a new one at the top. Um, and they the, the requirements get a bit more restrict, stringent up there. Um, you get the... Uh, it goes up... It, the number of arrows doubles from the Bowman tier, so it's 36 dozen, or the equivalent of three full days' worth of competition. Um, you have to do all of those scores in competition at UK or world record status events. Um, and the number of available rounds is reduced to what we've called the prestige rounds. So it's a really key concept to talk about in the design of the system, which is the prestige round. There are three rounds of differing types that are that are more prestigious or more commonly competed at or the, the like are the official rounds, if you like, for any given category. So they, they fall into kind of three categories, but depending on your gender, age group, bow style, etc., that will change which specific rounds are most relevant to you. In the case of a... Um, case of a... What am I talking about? The case of a gent recurve, you've got the York, you've got the 90 meter fourteen forty. And you've got the 70 meter 720. So that kind of shows the categories. You have your traditional 12 dozen Archer GB round. Um, I think the first York competition was in 1844. So they've been around for a really long time. Um, it's what you're going to shoot if you go to the Grand National Archery Meeting or the Southern Counties Archery Meeting or Dunster. Or uh, there are still some there are still plenty like local clubs that put those rounds on as well. Um, but it's very much your sort of 
old-fashioned traditional round that's been around for a really, really long time. It's a great round to shoot. Really hard. You shoot half your arrows at 100 yards. Um, but it's a, that's one of the options. Um, the next option is the more traditional world archery round. So that's what those who've been around for a long time would still call a feet of star. Um, its official name now is a world archery 1440 round. Um, so that's your 90, 70, 50, 30 with the big faces and the small faces, three dozen at each distance. Um, that was the primary round for international competition for about 30 or 40 years. Uh, I think the last competitive ones were shot in, in the international stage about 2013 was the, the, the last hangers-on of it. And then the third one is what international competition is done as now, which is a 720. So that's what you would see. You've seen it at the Olympics since, I think, 1992, um, and, it's, and then increasingly at more and more international events. It's now across pretty much every international event, and a lot of domestic events are run on that format. So that's your 72 arrows, 70 metres, all in one go. Um, typically then followed by match play, but obviously that doesn't make sense in the classification system. Yeah. Okay. Um, so those three rounds, depending on which category you're in, you know, if you're a compound archer, compound man, you'd swap out those that your the York and fourteen forty would stay, but you swap out the seventy meter round for the fifty meter round because that's what is shot for compounds internationally. Um, that fifty meter round is available at all of the classification levels. So it the prestige rounds prestige round trumps distance. Yep, this round is considered prestigious enough that we don't mind whether it otherwise matches the distance. Other rounds that include that distance don't count because they don't have the same status. Um, so up to Bowman first, it, so Bowman first gents compound would need to shoot 90 metres or 100 yards around with that distance in it or that 50 metre round because it's the prestige round. Yeah. Um, and then when you move up to MB, all of the other types of rounds drop out and it's only the prestigious, the prestige rounds that count. So let's just take Bowman, the Bowman tier for a second. And correct me if I'm wrong, but is it 18 dozen arrows for a Bowman classification? Can all those 18 dozen arrows be in a shot in that's in a same round? So for example, could all 18 dozen be in a WA70 for say recurve or WA50 for barebow or can you only have one instance of that round in the count narrows? However you like. So one of the things that one of the examples that we looked at here was we looked at um, sort of common weekend competition formats you know that you might go away for the weekend camp overnight or stay in a hotel or whatever and go and shoot for two days at a club and when we're talking about record sets competitions there, there's a lot of events that run to either a 720 head-to-head -head and a 1440 or a 720 head-to-head -head and a double 720. And different archers prefer different ones. From my perspective, I would always go and shoot the 1440. I get bored shooting a double 720. I, can't, I don't want to shoot arrows at the same distance all day. I like the chain, I like the variety. For other archers, they love the they enjoy a double seven twenty. They would rather just set their sight in the right place and keep it there for the whole day. Um, and we didn't want we didn't think the system should have an opinion about which of those is better. In fact, they're both pretty equally prevalent at the moment. So in that, if either of either of those weekends, you'd have shot six dozen in the morning on the first day with the head to heads afterwards, and then twelve dozen on the second day. So you've shot the same number of arrows. One of them you've shot one round or two rounds and the other one you've shot three rounds. 
but it doesn't really make any difference. So both of those, if you compete, complete all the parts of it at the relevant level, both of those could tick off a Bowman classification. So let's say a Bowman classification. How do people know what scores they need to achieve a Bowman classification? I will just say we will have links in the description to what you will mention in a moment. But uh, yeah, Mark, how do people know what score they need to achieve? So the short answer is talk to your records officer. Most clubs will have a records officer. Um, that is someone whose job it is to look after the scores. It sounds like it's just to look after the records, as in like what the best score anyone's ever shot in this club is. Records officers' jobs, when, when done really well, are about more than that. We collect, I say we, I'm not a records officer, but you know we collect all the scores in. Um, so whenever you've shot a score, you could send it to your records officer and they can help you work out what you've done. Um, the, it, obviously it's a new system so there's going to be a few teething issues for everyone coaches and records officers and stuff are going to need some time to adapt to how the new system works um, but ultimately once there, will, there are tables you can look at so you can find your table um, which might be you know under 15 girls shooting barebow and that will give you a, a table where it will have the classifications across the top and it will have all the rounds down the side and some of those boxes have numbers in some of them have uh, like faded out numbers in. Those are rounds that if you're at that level, we think that round might be quite hard for you and you might not enjoy shooting it. Um, you know, If you're a beginner, you probably don't want to go shoot a York. It's not. It's a long way and you're going to miss more than you're going to hit. Um, so start off with the ones that are in the bold section um, and then you compare the score that you got to the score that's on the piece of paper. Um, read off that score from the table. If you've got more points, that counts towards that classification. When you've got enough arrows made up from all of your scores, so 12 dozen, 18 dozen, 36 dozen, whatever it is, then you get, and all of those scores are shot at the relevant classification level, like the relevant event level, then you achieve the classification. And then in the near future, there will be some new badges available, um, which I know parts of various people at R3GB are working on. Um, and then in theory, your records officer, either then or potentially in a presentation at the end of the season, will give you a badge and certificate and go well done you achieved this classification this year and then talk to your coach and go right what am i doing next year then <laughs> next one <laughs> <laughs> and and say on that note of working with your records officer or even a coach is approaching your coach or someone in your club and saying i would like to in this outdoor season achieve this classification putting your coaching hat on at the minute do you think that's a good practice i'm curious to hear your thoughts <laughs> you're really hitting my coach buttons here um so yes <laughs> And also no. Um, yes, because classifications are an excellent way of measuring your... Because they, they provide these milestones on your archery journey. Um, they're a nice thing to have as like, this is something that I think is achievable for me this year. I feel like I should be able to get this classification pretty comfortably. The one above, maybe I did this one last year. Maybe I just uh, you know know my scores are looking like that sort of level. And then I can like, look at the one above and go, if I have a really good season, I might get to that. That would be nice. Um, if I don't, you know, can kind of give you that language to talk about where you're up to in terms of the performance outcome. It is, however, an outcome goal. Those are good goals to set, but they're not the only types of goals to set because ultimately how you get better from one level to another is not to just go, I want to be that good, I'll try harder. It's to work on your process. Um, so you can then have a conversation with the coach about, this is the like medium-term goal that I want to get to. How am I going to get from where I am to there? What steps am I going to need to take? It might just be go out and do those events. Um, it might be about 
what parts of your technical development or your equipment or what are your fitness or whatever that you're going to need to work on in order to improve your performance to that next level. So they're great like medium long-term goal setting. Um, I think my long-term goal has been get to MB for about a decade at this point. Um, but yeah, then they're not necessarily uh, what you do from week to week. So we'll just say... I'd love to have someone from Wallingford Castle Archers on the podcast in the future to really explore the junior side of things, um, especially on the coaching side, um, as Wallingford Castle Archers is an award-winning club for the junior side of things. Um, so I'd love to look at that in the future. Yeah, well, I'm sure we can have that conversation at some point. Um, yeah, and actually, junior archery is very much one of the things that I brought to this classifications discussion. I am fortunate enough to have over 100 junior archers at my club, um, ranging of all levels of ability, all ages from kind of six years old up to, well, I suppose you argue 20 now, the upper end of the under 21 category. Um, so we've got a, a wide range of, of levels and abilities and experiences there. Um, it was quite clear to me from years of coaching within the system that the old system was very bumpy in places. There were some obvious problems. The most obvious problem was that if you were a 16 or 17-year-old uh, female archer shooting a longbow, you had to get higher scores than you did when you turned 18, which was definitely broken. So that was one of the like <laughs> big red flags in the old one. But even just looking at something that worked a bit better, like the recurve classifications, the steps were really uneven. And I quite often would have archers who might achieve a certain level at like under 14s and then they get maybe even a level better during their time at under 16s and they would jump up to under 18s or jump from under 18s to adult and the system would tell them they'd got worse they might have even improved their scores but the it could be the the jumps of the level that you had to achieve were really quite big so one of the key things that we wanted to do with the design of the new system was to make sure that there was always some logic present it may it's impossible to get it perfectly fair so that every archer of every age of every age category and every bow style has to put ex has to have exactly the same level of skill to achieve a bowman second class but we want them to be at least roughly equivalent to each other and we wanted that your progression through the system whether that's as you get better as an archer or as you get older or both was always logical that it made sense that there were no like weirdly big jumps where suddenly the system would like shove you down two levels for no real reason. Um, so that's one of the things that we really wanted to, to tidy up and make it consistent across all the bow styles that it makes sense for everybody. It's possible that some of the parameters aren't quite perfectly where they want to be. <laughs> we've done our best um, with as much data as we've been able to gather. It's been a long journey to get to where we've got to, um, but we're not we're not done done. We're going to keep looking at where we're up to and refining the scores over time. Yeah, and that's absolutely massive. And just to really highlight here, it hasn't like just been one person. It's been hundreds of volunteers hours, including yourself, Jackie, we mentioned earlier, and also Mark as well, a different Mark Roberts. So, yeah, just to really push home the amount of time, the amount of effort that has really brought this update to be. And it's not over yet. I'm really looking forward to the indoor side of things, which will follow in the future. Yeah, so so we started off about 18 months ago with this project, um, where we had a group of us who were 
a combination of club records officers, coaches, and sort of general archery nerds um, who would have got involved with that conversation initially. Um, from that emerged myself, Jack and Mark, who were willing to do a substantial amount of work towards it. Um, but we've then reached out or been approached by probably in excess of 100 people from a huge range of um, different backgrounds. So those who've been in archery for a really, really long time, those who had just achieved their first classification last year, um, those who were performing at the very, very highest level. You know, we've we've had some input into score levels from Ella Gibson on this. Um, we've also had some input from Nameless Archer, <laughs> you know, random archer at club level as to what they think is achievable. Um, so trying to look at this, this huge range, tournament organisers, coaches, records officers, um, across the kind of whole range of the spectrum. What I can certainly tell you is that not everybody will be happy with every detail of the system um, because we definitely are occasionally, there were times where you'd have a conversation with one person, talk to somebody else the next day and you get a complete, you know, one would be adamant that they needed system A and one would want system B and they're completely opposite to each other and you can't possibly keep them both happy. So there's had to be a lot of compromise. I think even if you asked me, Jack and Mark, whether the system is exactly how we would have designed it, the answer is probably no, and it's somewhere in the middle between it. But I think we're all really happy with the compromise we ended up with. Yeah, brilliant. I really want to say from everyone at Archery GB just how much gratitude and thanks we've got to yourself, Jack, Mark, and every other volunteer who's really put time and dedication in to really bringing this update about. And just from a personal side of things, it's so so exciting to have this this roadmap and this this journey now of more steps, incremental steps to really develop through the ranks from Archer Third Class all the right through to Elite Master Bowman, if I'm, of course, good enough. Oh, you're very welcome. We wanted it to be as as accessible to as wide a range of archers as possible. Um, we're not completely done. There's there's a few things that we didn't manage to cover that we you know, eventually it's got to get out the door in one form or another. Um, so there's there's a kind of future roadmap, including a few things, um, uh, Paralympic categories. We'd like to have a look at. We'd like to have a look at uh, indoor classifications. Those are much less widely used at the moment, and I think they could be a lot better than they currently are. Um, we need to look at non-target styles as well. So there are field classifications. There are some clout classifications. Just need to make sure that those are brought into line with the new age group system and make sure that everything matches up. Um, so yeah, there's a few few different things to to have a look at. Um, but I think the response to the core system we put out has been really positive. So it's a time for a little break and then crack on with the next thing. Yeah, brilliant. And yeah, thank you so much, Mark, for sitting down with me today and exploring the new handicap and classification system. Um, I will say I really do think this has been a great overview for the listeners. As I mentioned, everything will be listed in the description. And there's also a frequently asked questions page as well to make sure you've got everything you need. So yeah, thanks, Mark. And yeah, really appreciate your time. You're very welcome. Thank you.